Crack the Schoolhouse Cracked. With me, as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson, uh, long-time educator, good friend, and uh, ready to start off a brand new and exciting season three of Schoolhouse Cracked. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. Again, uh, my best uh, best buddy in education, uh, professor at a local university, and just all around uh, good guy. I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad we're here, man. Yep, so like we said, we are now in season three of Schoolhouse Cracked. Well, why the hell are we doing seasons? Um, and it's really because we've taken feedback and really kind of learned a bunch of lessons from our very first episode that was, let's be honest, atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> there were some really bad and poor moments, <laughs> low quality, and, and we, uh, I wanted to grow my hair out a little bit for the audience. We got a little bit of feedback, uh, and so here we are ready to go again. Specific hair feedback? I don't know. I'm just making that up. Okay. I was, I was going to say, I didn't read that in the comments. Um, so uh, we, we are starting off season three in a new location. Um, and uh, I just want to start off by thanking everybody who's been viewing the uh, viewing the YouTube channel, watching our podcast. Um, as you know, we're on uh, YouTube at Schoolhouse Cracked. Um, we're on every podcast channel you could ever want. Um, uh, Apple, Google, you name it. Um, Facebook, uh, Schoolhouse Cracked, and, uh, and, and Instagram. But um, starting season three, Brett, uh, we were looking at our metrics, and we have um, surprisingly, I think shockingly, in a good way, um, uh, 1,200 followers, subscribers on yeah. YouTube and, uh, and, and nearing that number on Facebook yeah, and, uh, and a large number of downloads. We've made it yeah. into your heads and into your hearts. Yeah. So thank you. No, really, truly. Or, or somebody forgot to close their laptop, <laughs> and we've just been playing on loop. <laughs> Yeah, no, but we do want to uh, thank people, uh, not only for listening uh, to us, but just for, for caring about the concept. Yeah. Again, we're, we're Schoolhouse Cracked because we are uh, professional educators, longtime educators, uh, and we're just passionate people about what we can do with the challenges that exist in, in public schools. And part of that is discussing that publicly and receiving feedback uh, from a variety of stakeholders. But it, it really means a lot uh, to Marcus and I that, that people care about the issues that affect and impact our teachers, our kids, and our community. Yeah. And, and so kind of on that note, um, we just posted a, a new segment called Schoolhouse Cracked on the Streets um, to introduce our new season. And we did a segment on, uh, uh, we went out to a local um, school in our neighborhood that had been converted into kind of a community center. Mm -hmm. um, uh, restaurants, a brewery, um, bakery. a barber, bakery, mm -hmm. uh, CrossFit studio, mm -hmm. and really neat concept for, for an old school that a district had, had sold to these organizations. I mean, we just asked people on the street um, just some general general questions about their own experience in public ed, their perceptions, um, and we had a segment on Martin Luther King Jr.'s impact on public ed in celebration of MLK Day. Yeah, it um, was on Martin Luther King you know. Jr. Day, and and I don't want to sound cliche by by any means, but uh, uh, just a, a great American and a great intellectual, and actually uh, a man that had a lot to say yeah. about education, and of course bringing. Um, the civil rights movement to the forefront of, of public schools in regard to, to equity. So it was, it was a really great day for us to be able to try that out. Yeah, and so kind of keeping on theme with, with thanking our listeners, thanking our viewers, um, I just wanted to reflect on kind of that experience because I, I personally was really taken away, taken aback um, by just people's willingness randomly on the streets to talk to two weird guys with a camera yeah. and a mic. Um, and, uh, and what was really interesting to me is as – we were setting up, and as we're talking to people on, on the street about their opinions, um, other people were kind of lining up because they heard what we were talking about, and they just had um, a desire to kind of share their thoughts on, on, on public schools. So uh, uh, the question I would pose to you, Brett, is, is you saw the same thing I did. Like, why do you think um, so many 
people are passionate or, or have opinions on, on public ed? I think there's a few reasons, and I love the question, and I, and I know that you have additional uh, thoughts, but I think one, one uh, aspect of it is it's a, regardless of your socioeconomic status, uh, regardless of, of where you grew up, uh, public school and the kind of the, the universal design of public school mm -hmm. is something that like we've all experienced. So sometimes on the show when I talk about our backgrounds in athletics and and we talk about these other things, those are not necessarily all shared experiences. Right. right. But like coming of age in the United States of America has some cultural components, uh, regardless of different demographics, and all of those have to do with with school. And just think about how many like even like fun movies you know from the 90s on up that yeah. just take place i mean from from teen wolf to to whatever else like that are yeah. centered uh in animal house schools. all the way up to high school musical yeah. i have not watched high school musical i want to preface that <laughs> clarify that <laughs> or but uh, and i have never stopped dancing to the high school musical but the no but truly the point is that it is a shared experience so we all kind of feel like we're experts on it right, right. we've all done that yeah the, the other component i think is is that it's so it's so culturally tied right now to like where we buy our homes and mm -hmm. what we, you know, one of the things that you and I have really come to notice and feel weird about, at least I feel weird about it, is how much ideology is connected to school and how much right, politics right. is playing out. So when you combine all of those things that are fascinating and important in our culture, public schools are at the forefront. And, and that really kind of stood out. So um, kind of case in point, we were, uh, we were interviewing um, a young student and uh, so a, a high school age student who who wanted to share their opinions and and as we were um, interviewing I you were interviewing I was on the camera and, and uh, an older gentleman um, I kind of noticed over my shoulder and he had ridden his bike up and and he was kind of just watching and observing I thought he was just patiently waiting to bike rack his bike yeah. at the bike rack yeah. um, so when we were done recording I said oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry he's mm -hmm. like no no I was just really interested in the mm -hmm. topic. Um, and so I asked him if, if he wanted to be on it and, and come to find out in your conversation with him, um, he was a, uh, a retired mm -hmm. uh, professor in higher ed. And yeah. that kind of tracked throughout the day with people who really wanted to talk to us. Yeah. And, you know, he and he he had that um, real deeply concerned idea that things that he worried about in the economy or in uh, society that they're rooted in school, or mm -hmm. if, if we have concerns within our society, then the place for us to address them is in school. Starts in school. Yeah, yeah, starts yeah. In school. And that's what you know. That's something that uh, you and I go back and forth on. Sometimes I feel like that responsibility for schools mm -hmm. in, in many areas is 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 something that's misplaced mm -hmm. and and is is unfortunate. But then there's also the other times where it's like, well, let's let's do embrace some of the social cultural challenges that exist because yeah, this is the place where people people gather. Right. Uh, but it, it, one thing I'll just say back to your original question is why are so many people interested in talking about it? And it's because um, schools are are cornerstones, they're mm -hmm. foundation. Um, and and I think there's something innately unique about. Public schools are just fascinating. Yeah. Like, where, where else does something like a public school exist in our culture and our society where you get um, people from such diverse backgrounds, experiences, family upbringings, um, educational goals, life goals, career goals, and cram them all into one building yeah. uh, and hope for a common, uh, a, a common positive outcome? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you, we don't see that anywhere else. And, uh, and so as we tracked throughout the day, um, we ran into uh, 
uh, a middle school teacher. Um, we ran into an individual who volunteers in a school for a faith organization. We ran into right. um, a, a former principal mm-hmm. uh, from Denver who had left the profession entirely, I think, after like 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, uh, and a very passionate man. Yeah, and, and his story was fascinating as well because he he had been a high school principal in in Denver and mm-hmm. set and just separated, left the profession entirely. Um, and we're going to devote an upcoming episode to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just continue to see educators flee the profession. But uh, um, in hearing his story, his great grandfather was actually an, on Martin Luther King Day a civil rights leader yeah. um, in Denver at a very pivotal point in Denver's in Denver's history. And the very founder of the school that he was a principal at. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and, and you know, we were able to pull that information up online and just kind of thought, holy cow. Yeah. Um, and so, just really, really neat experience, kind of hearing people's stories. But uh, I know some some responses to our questions stood out to me the most. But um, in your opinion, Brett, what was kind of a theme of of the day for you? What was your takeaway, um, other than just people willing to talk about public ed? Yeah, I guess the theme that for me, I've and I've thought about that, like what linked all of the people, right. uh, definitely memory. Uh, oh, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like every, remembering something from like second grade. Yeah, yeah, I mean for for sure that there was. When we asked a few of the questions, no, no matter what, I don't think anybody that we asked, from the young people, uh, all the way, th- all the way through, there was nobody that had a a terrible time trying to recall this experience. Mm-hmm. And that that means to me, just like as I was speaking to before, is that that it is an important experience. Mm-hmm. So if as I'm working with teachers or I'm working with students, uh, you and I have agreed on this before. One of the things that we can't stand is when adults say you know the real world to kids when you get into the real world you're going to need to have this skill or when you get to the real world you're going to have to be responsible because what that really says is what we've always thought that this is the real world for kids this they spend 33.75 hours a week there uh then they have homework i think that's the most accurate math i've ever heard you do actually sorry yeah (laughs) it's one one i've (coughs) written into a paper so i remembered it but it's their world it's their world it is and it is it is real there are dramatic things there you do come of age maybe you've had your your first kiss or maybe you've had the first time um, a stranger adult has given you critical feedback or maybe mm. it's the first time somebody really acknowledged and saw you for for who you are right. or made you feel special but right. the point was is that regardless of the age everybody was able to distinctly remember and have emotion with memory yeah absolutely and and a diverse set of memories, both positive, negative, yeah. and everywhere in between. And, mm-hmm. and we also had the opportunity to talk to some current students. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something that I, I know you and I both believe and, and have talked about at length is just students, all students have opinions on school because they're the ones being subjected to it currently. Yeah. And so and thank you, you for know. saying it that way. <laughs> no, honestly, that was definitely what the yeah. students were, yeah. were saying yeah. is that they are subjected to it. I mean, yeah. I, I know they're young My learning's people, happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, they were. Yeah. School was happening to them, yeah, not yeah. In, in conjunction with them. But I'm sorry, I just I just cut you off there, man. But mm-hmm. I, you know, the point is 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 that that was uh, it would it would be we would be remiss if we didn't reflect on the fact that the young people were um, kind, uh, a bit nervous, but certainly what when they had to speak about school, they wanted to talk more about the things that they uh, were not enjoying or were challenged by than celebrating the things that, that they enjoy. And I know that that can be a teen 
uh, frame of mind, but mm -hmm. it's also, I, d I thought about that. Yeah, and I mean, that's a common human mindset is that yeah. deficit mindset. We look for what's wrong or what's missing. Um, and, and so that's not unique to, to a high school age student. But what I thought was, was just fascinating in talking to, uh, to some high school age students, some school age students, was uh, just a, a good reminder for me that um, I think sometimes we think that, that students don't engage in school or apathetic or lazy. We did a whole episode on, yeah. on our students, quote, apathetic or lazy. Mm -hmm. um, but in the sharing of their opinions about what they see as, as good about school or negative about school, um, they have strong opinions. Yeah. And I can't think of anything I've ever had a strong opinion about that I didn't also care about. Yeah, that's a great I love I love how you th yeah. I didn't think of it that way that that there was meat there was connection there mm -hmm. it, within within some of that possible discontent or easy to criticize or adult blaming or school blaming uh, there certainly was a meaningful connection. There's mm -hmm. a whole lot of things that I don't enjoy that I are water off the ducks back. Right, right. But in this case uh, these young people were definitely indicating uh, that that they this was a meaningful and relevant experience in their lives. And the adults, that, that would follow, too. They, they had a lot to say about what happened and who they are as far as their, their schooling experience. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, the final theme I took away there was not only a passion and an interest in, in, in education in general or the experience of being educated in the case of the children, um, but uh, a common thread of hopeful concern or concerned hopefulness i don't know i don't know how you would phrase that yeah. like there there's there's opportunity there there's positive things but there are also things that collectively or culturally we're still con concerned about yeah about there was not a, there was not a total loss of optimism no uh there was a, a definite belief that uh the work that we can do in schools or that schools can become and adapt to who we are and meet us where we're at. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that really struck me, you mentioned the young lady that worked at uh, the faith-based organization uh, in um, extracurricular activities mm -hmm. uh, at school. She kind of triggered it from my brain, but now that I, th I reflect upon it, there, there was no one who had a lot of bad things to say about kids or teens. They, no, they, it, you're you, right. It was all systemic comments, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. There was there was not this like kids these days, this generation, yeah, that yeah. that type of thing. I think I think that there was everybody that we talked to believed, still believes, like in that kind of classic, you know, 1980s, you know, children are the future, <laughs> we are the world. But I, no, that was that I was. Think we just dated ourselves <laughs> a little bit there. <laughs> but I I was really um, very happy to have thought to myself, these people who are interested in talking to us uh, do believe in and care about American youth and, and trust them. Right, absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's interesting you bring up that we didn't, we didn't hear the youth these days are blaming the students, which yeah. is really positive because sometimes you, uh, it, at least recently we've seen that a lot in the media in the last mm -hmm. probably month. Um, mm -hmm. There's been several articles I've read, one of which was in, um, uh, was on CNN, and it was talking about the pivot in discipline and behavior. And uh, th how that pendulum swinging now where a lot of organizations, schools, school boards are saying, um, why are kids behaving this way? Why, why, why aren't parents doing these things? We need to take the harder line on, on discipline. We're not going to get into that. Um, but we didn't hear that from the people we interviewed in yeah. the general population. And it leads into, a, it, I'm, it's glad you, I'm glad you said that because on Thursday um, in one of my lectures in a diversity class, which that will be my final point, um, was uh, generational differences yeah. in communication. Yeah. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose some of the quotes to you, Brett. Okay. regarding generational distinctions right. and see if you can determine 
what year or decade that was said about the younger generation. So these okay. are older generations making comments on some younger generations. They are lazy and they think basic tasks are beneath them. 1865 Civil War. Nope, that was 2017 uh, <laughs> in, in reference to the millennials. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I was just being a jerk. <laughs> I would have definitely, I would have definitely uh, guessed that that was a recent comment. Okay, um, how about this one? Uh, many are so pampered nowadays they've forgotten uh, that there are such things as walking, um, uh, and unless they did something, the future of walking is very poor indeed. I would definitely say like uh, 1950. 1951. Actually, that's really good. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Um, and it kind of goes on like that. We we always yeah. look at the previous generation as having like some default. One of my favorite ones though. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, you're gonna guess this just because of the language. Whither are the manly vigor and athletic appearance of our forefathers flown? Can these be the legitimate heirs? Surely no. A race of effeminate, self-admiring, emaciated fribbles can <laughs> never have descended in a direct line from the heroes of Poitiers and Agincourt. I there's some history references. Yeah, I, I have to say though that there's a segment in that statement that I somehow want to use against another person. <laughs> Frivolous? Uh, frivolous? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I don't know. That's got to be before the 20th century, man. Yeah, that was in 1771. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was... Uh, oh, pre-revolutionary. Pre yeah, yep. it was written um, uh, in 1771 in Paris in a letter uh, in the town magazine. Yeah. I don't even know what generation that would have been in 1771. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I brought that up in my class um, in regard to generational distinctions and, and differences in diversity and how we always bash on the younger generation. But we didn't hear any of that, and that was really uplifting to me. Yeah, yeah. we didn't hear any of that. And I, I, I would like to just say, and again, an episode for another time, but I do, I do love the use of the word effeminate in that quote in a negative connotation because mm – -hmm. You know, in 1771 in France, we're already starting, not already, but continuing on with humanity with, like, ha having a judgment about, like, w what is the masculine or feminine disposition of, of a human being and masculine meaning ready and tough and capable yeah. and feminine being, you know, in, inferior or weak. And, mm -hmm. and you and I have talked many times about, you know, a call to feminine leadership in mm -hmm. schools, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being really being able to empathize and care mm -hmm. and be connected to others. So just a, just an interesting that that's so that that's a centuries long discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how uh, some mm -hmm. of the things that were looked upon as negative skills within leaders or generation are now things that are nece a necessity for the success of a school yeah. in, in caring for coaching, mentoring, guiding students the final thing I'll, I'll leave off on is uh um what what observation did you make in regard to the collective group of folks we talked to uh on our first on the street segment um about you know what all of them in in common or mm -hmm. well i mean what was the most obvious thing there something that is an area of improvement for us moving forward oh i was nervous oh well you weren't yeah i what, what are you getting at? I'm I not was getting so it. I'm scared. Not, well, no, no. I, I, I felt, oh, uh, so you're not getting at anything? No, I am getting at something. Oh. It wasn't your nervousness, but oh. uh, it, it was interesting watching somebody so gregarious and outgoing. Yeah. Uh, be scared to do exactly what you do every day just now in front of a camera. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, I was I was thinking about that, and I – and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bail out on a physiological response because I was super excited to do that. You know, mm -hmm. this was uh, uh, definitely um, – your idea, but it was something that I that was thought, tinted with a bit of blame. What, but <laughs> no, no, but it was that I was like, this is a great idea, and I, yeah. you know, as I as I got ready to go, I was completely and totally excited. Uh, you know, it took us a l longer than we wanted to get it actually 
done. He had set up and just yeah, yeah, just and and just to get coordinated. But when I when I got there and was about to talk to strangers, which which is probably uh, a skill set of mine is is making quick connections with people. Yeah. I was I was pretty uh, intimi- intimidated and, and didn't really know how to behave. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to trying and improving on that and just kind of putting my best self out there. But I don't know. I guess sometimes I you know if I was to think deeply about it, I think that I have such convictions on education that I was trying to be careful mm. not to be a leading person right, right. or to or I was having to reserve myself from from in getting into the commentary right. one of the things that was holding me back a little bit was somebody would say something that I found profoundly interesting and I wanted to talk about yeah, it yeah. but I needed I needed it to be their moment right yeah because we're, we're seeking their opinions yeah um, I, I, I ultimately was a, a positive improvement mm-hmm. and uh um, so talking about speaking to strangers, talking yeah. to strangers. Also, a great book by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. Talk. The book is called Talking to Strangers. Yeah. Um, recommend reading it. Yeah. Uh, but the, la- the last thing I would say is, you know, obviously, um, uh, in our first segment of, of Schoolhouse Cracked on the Streets, um, we we had a very limited segment of the population and of our culture. Yeah. And so, um, uh, it, not representative of our greater society as a whole. And some of that's uh, demonstrative of the location we went to. Yeah. Um, but but again, seeking diverse uh, experiences, opinions. Um, and ideas regarding public school. And so uh, please share those with us. If you're watching these things and you see something that you agree with, you disagree with, or is not what your experience in public ed, or is not your experience in public ed if you're a teacher or parent, let us know. Email us at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. Find us on all your podcast channels, YouTube at Schoolhouse Cracked. I love that. And if you're watching this episode or if you watch those uh, segments on mm-hmm. the street, maybe post those questions. I mean, it, it, you're, you're out there. It's the Internet. Nobody's going to figure out. Uh, who you are, but why don't you ask a tough question like, yeah. how would that be different if this person was, or how is that experience yeah. different from from whatever yours is? But uh, I don't think that it's in outside of schoolhouse cracked bounds at all. No, to just say, hey, that's an interesting opinion for them. I'm not sure that's relevant or you know indicative of a whole society. So uh, that I think that 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 dialogue would be healthy. Yeah. So again, send us your comments in those channels and avenues. Uh, with me as always is Mr. Brett Derrickson. Uh, excellent educator, um, getting over being nervous talking on camera to strangers, <laughs> which I think we all would be. Yeah, and, and my good friend, Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler, and thank you for doing uh, the research on that, and thank you for bringing a, a piece of what you're working with with um, the, the future educators and, and counselors and, and helping us on a digest this experience. So this is Schoolhouse Cracked signing off. We'll see you in our next episode.